And we have executive coach, right? So like you could actually get executive coaching at Gradient. And so I think it really just comes down to what support, you know, the founder actually needs. And some founders are just a lot more autonomous and some want more support. And I think that's like a case by case. Welcome to the Vitalize podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the director of marketing here at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Wen Wen Lam, partner at Gradient Ventures. She's the former CEO and co-founder of Next Travel, which went to YC in 2015 and was acquired by Travelperk in 2020. She's also an advisor and investor in some awesome early stage tech and e-commerce companies, including Runway, Tuckernuck, Message Me, Final, Meadow, and many more. She's a lover of technology, travel, and very expensive shoes. Without further ado, here's Wen Wen Lam, partner at Gradient Ventures. Wen Wen, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well, and I hope you're doing well. And yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about with your background and getting into the venture side of things now after having a company as well. And uh, for you, that transition from going from founder, running this company to Gradient Ventures, how did that happen? So actually, um, one of the reasons I joined Gradient was because Darian Shirazi was actually my first check into my company, and I really wanted to work with him. So it was actually a much more seamless interaction than usual. He just you know, recommended me, and it was something that we'd been exploring for a long time, working together, and it felt very natural. So when I met the Gradient team, I was actually like, this is a good fit. I really thought the team was great. And you know, I was also like, pretty burnt out from selling my company. Um, you know, you need a little break after that. So I wanted to try something new and I wanted to try something that was very close to the founder side. So the thing about seed stage investing that's I think a little bit different about, you know, later stage investing is that with seed stage investing, you do work very closely, you know, with the founders in a way that you probably don't in later stages, like just helping them get off the ground. And so those were really attractive to me. And I think the third thing was I was really, you know, when I went through the fundraising process, you know, as a female founder, I noticed that there weren't any female investors. You know, I actually did have pitch meetings, you know, with, you know, rooms full of men, (laughs) just like rooms full of men, no female partners. And one of the most attractive things about Gradient was actually I met Anna. Anna's like such a badass, right? So she, you know, is a managing partner, like of, you know, a great fund. And so I really was focused on actually joining a fund where that was a priority and where, you know, like diversity was a thing. Yeah, that's actually a big reason why I joined Vitalize, actually. Because looking back, I was I had other opportunities and I was like, well, Gail seems amazing. And then and they had another investor, Caroline, as well, who, uh, yeah, two females leading a fund. It's amazing. So I was like, yeah, I want to go that route as well. And for you, Shift, making that shift into that, you said you know the company was hard. Obviously, you went to that that sale. Did you take some time off in between? How was that process? Because there's a lot of people we've talked to who are aspiring investors. They want to get into the venture side. They may be operators now. They're kind of trying to find that transition period. But for you, I'm just curious. I'm like, did you take a break in between? Like, how did that how did that go for you? So I didn't take a break in between, and it was actually a little bit um, just like circumstance. Like I was getting you know, tapped for it before I had even sold my company. And I think that, you know, the opportunities don't just come along like all the time. So I think, you know, it was uniquely a good fit for me. And so I took it. And I also like have seen some founders, some founders take a break and it's great, you know, and they they need that. And then some founders, they just roll right into starting another company. And, you know, I wasn't quite ready for that because as you know, travel was very impacted by COVID. And so 
the acquisition was certainly anything but normal, right? To sell your company to a company in Spain over Zoom is pretty crazy. It's like a crazy type of thing to do. And I was just very burned out. I was like, hey, you know, I would love to do something really different than like working, you know, 80 hours a day. And you work hard as an investor, but your whole life isn't just consumed by like, you know, investing the way a company like will take over your entire like everything. <laughs> <laughs> your entire being. Yeah. <laughs> For you, that that transition to having that experience, like that deep experience and not only travel, but also as a founder for many, many of years going through Y Combinator, how does that influence you now as an investor? I'm curious about that. I would say that it makes me um, probably more helpful in the early stages because I can do something like help a company do their go to market. Like I can actually um, help a company sell their company. <laughs> so like I can, you know, basically walk them through the steps of what needs to happen and be much more hands on than you might not typically be able to if you haven't done it before. And I'm not even saying that all great investors need to have been operators, but I think in this case, I would hope that it's helpful to my founders. Yeah. And with that, you mentioned go to market. What are you looking for in terms of that? Or do they have a clear plan for that, the founders you're investing in? Do you help guide them along the way? Like, How does that kind of work with that, with your experience? So I think it really varies. Um, so um, I... There's, there's some that are very clear. It's like there's a product that customers like and that we have to help them scale the team and the product. So those are like my favorite type of companies to work with. But sometimes you have to get in a little bit earlier than that. So the, the key thing that I look for actually is the market big enough and are the founders awesome people that I want to work with? Because you, you spend a lot of time with your founders. Like they text you at midnight and you're like, okay, I'm going to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. One of the ones I want to talk about. So I had Jordy Hayes on my podcast, Show Grind Podcast, like a while back. And then that was for a different company he, he was running at the time. And now he started Party Around. Tell me about, take me through that story of, of meeting him and Sarah and the team there, and then why you invested in them and saw what they were doing. Sure. So I actually led um, Party Around's pre-seed. So we invested when actually nobody was investing yet. And, you know, I just really had a lot of, I saw exactly what the problem point that they were solving is. You know, I myself did a party round and during the acquisition, like all of the ramifications came to light, like getting all of those signatures. I was like, wow, this company is solving problems for founders. And, you know, I really love Jordi and Sarah, like share their vision. They have like beautiful sense of like UX, UI, you know, and they, they knew how to hire a great team. And so like, you know, you're looking at these like founders that like really get it. And so I was like, okay, you know, we've got to, we've got to invest in this company. It was my first check at Gradient actually. Amazing. That's amazing. I'm glad. I want to dive deeper into that. So with, with, with Jordi and Sarah, so you said they are amazing. They'll hire a team. Like, how'd you evaluate that? Because I'm always thinking from the lens of, you know, a lot of the investors we talk to are just getting into angel investing. They're just starting and they're, they're like wide eyed. How do I, where do I start with this? But I've talked to so many investors now like yourself who have done this and started investing in companies and have seen a lot of different companies now. Yeah. What was that like about them in terms of that made them stand out for you? Well, I think there was this unique ability to actually generate a lot of buzz about something relatively, you know, like not, not that sexy. And I could even see like when, when we first invested, they had all these hires lined up that were super excited about working for them from way bigger companies that were all taking like pay cuts or whatever, you know? And so I was like, these, these guys have it going on in, in that way. They just knew how to like build this like fun kind of like cultural, you know, vibe um, that made people really want to work for them. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know if people are familiar with, with Party Round, but seeing the drops they did over time, like I I, had, I got, I saw it early because, like, you know, I followed Jordy, I had interviewed him before and saw the, the drops go up. I'm like, what is he building? Like, what is this company? Because it seems really interesting. And everyone was talking about it and like curious about it. I think the one about the VCs was really funny. Too. Like, there were so many ones that got a ton of buzz. And you kind of just like, you see that you're like, okay, what, what are they doing? But also they're geniuses. You're like, you have to get involved with them too, in some way. <laughs> it was so funny because after I did the investment, I literally had a few people, other investors who had passed, call me and be like, you're a genius. And I'm like, I'm not a genius. I think that Jordi and Sarah are phenomenal at this. And I, you know, picked up on that early. So I think that was kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And for you now at Gradient, like, what are you looking for in terms of the companies you're investing in with Gradient Ventures? So I focus on, you know, B2B SaaS. I focus on future of work. I do quite a bit of fintech because corporate travel is really in the middle of, you know, like expense management, HR. So like, and corporate cards and, you know, corporate travel are like married to each other, right? Like if you look at, did you, I don't know if you know this, but um, I think Amex used to own Concur or vice versa, like in large percentages. So like those are businesses that drive each other. And so you have to kind of, look at that. And so I, those are kind of my core areas of focus, but, you know, obviously like one of my favorite companies that I funded is a social shopping company and it's called social chat. And it basically brings your shopping experience from Instagram onto like your actual site. And so like, you kind of take a look at like big trends that are happening and online, you know, sales have obviously like gone way up, you know, because of COVID. And so the whole shopping experience is changes changing. And so you have to look at places in the market where there's fundamental shifts happening, especially during COVID investing, in my opinion. With that company too, dive deeper into them. I love talking about specific companies because it's helpful to have that kind of context around it. When they first came to you, like what did it look like in terms of that pitch and what about it was, you know, you kind of mentioned already, but what about that team and what they were doing? You're like, okay, this is one we have to get involved with. <clears throat> so this one was very specific. So Frostly was the head of um, growth at Wish, and we had worked together before. She was my independent board member at Next Travel, and I knew her very well. So when she came and pitched me on the idea, I actually was like, I don't really know if this is going to work, but you're so good that I'm just going to fund you no matter what. But what the kicker was, is we took it to a company that was like a CPG company, very like low tech type of company. And it was her first pitch and she didn't even pitch it. It was like a pitch through a friend of mine and they bought the product. And that's when I knew that every single like, you know, e-commerce C2C site in the world could use, would use a product like this if it was sold correctly. And so that's something like you really look at. The second thing is like, she's, you know, really, really good at hiring, you know, and building teams as well. So it's, it's a key thing that I look for um, in founders, you know, that I fund, but she like put together her entire like machine learning and AI team, like right away before she had any other people. And that's like the hardest to hire. And so, you know, that was also like the big tell. So I like, I knew that I wanted to work with her again. I was super lucky that I got to work with her, you know, at my company, we worked super well together and. That's kind of how I made that decision. I, I want to double click on the hiring part. I think it's something that, you know we look at too. And as an investor, you're like, can they hire? Can they build a team? Because even if they may tank something else, if they can build a great team, a lot of things going to happen with them, obviously with the markets and everything being well. But how do you evaluate that? Is it like they literally have a queue of people they've show you a list of like, here's, here's who's interested in us. Like they had their current team, but how do you kind of gauge that next step that they take in terms of team building too? 
So the thing is, like, you have to see if people who have worked with them before want to follow them. And so those were all key qualities that I saw in both of the founders that I mentioned. I mean, obviously, for the younger founders, that's a bit harder. But those guys are usually like recruiting from college. So if they've gotten some of their classmates to work with them. Then that's also like a good sign. Right. And so I would say that those are that's kind of how you evaluate a little bit. And then the other part is obviously like being able to close candidates. So like, you know, like Frost was able to close like Facebook engineers. That's basically mission impossible here. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a huge ta- meta engineers now, I guess we have to, we'd have to call them. <laughs> Goodness. Another conversation, I guess. What they want to go through too, with going back to Jordy real quick, I know he mentioned on Twitter, it's like he called you out specifically of being really helpful around intros and everything as well. Like how hands-on are you with the companies you're working with? How many is that spread across? I'm curious about that too. It depends on the company actually. So like you get you get as involved as the founder wants you to get involved. And then you kind of, some founders just really want to do their own thing and they want to run their company and you help them as they need it, right? And then other companies, they really want a lot of help and support. So like at Gradient, for example, we have a go-to-market team. We have, you know, someone who can actually help you set up your go-to-market and some companies need that, some companies don't, you know? And we have, you know, executive coach, right? So like you could actually get executive coaching at Gradient and some people want that and some people don't. So I think it really just comes down to what support, you know, the founder actually needs. And some founders are just a lot more autonomous and some want more support. And I think that's like a case by case basis. Yeah. I think it's always, it's always different and always can depend on the stage too. And for you, did you, were you doing angel investing prior to Gradient Ventures? I did a little bit of angel investing, but one of the key reasons that I think I was able to do a lot of pattern matching was that my company worked with almost every hot company over the span of the time that I ran it. So we had Snowflake Computing as a client from like 12 people or something insane. Yeah, so I was just watching all of these companies blow up and I remember, man, I wish we could just give them free travel for equity. And you know, these guys, like all of these companies grew, they were spending, first they were spending 50,000, then like a million, then like 10 million. And you're like, hmm, (laughs) like what? (laughs) So, but like, because of that, you like literally, you know, for, for the, for your company, when you're targeting who to actually sell to, you really see everything, right? So then you are able to very easily pattern match like what looks success looks like. And so I was very focused on just running my company. If I could go back in time, I wish I just put a check into like every, every, every prospect we ever spoke to 10 grand. (laughs) It just seemed distracting, to be honest, right? And it was just like, I angel invested actually before I started the company and I didn't do it during because I just didn't want to like think too much about it. And I wish I had though. It wasn't something that I really thought about. And if you look at, so my friend, Justin, he actually said it best. He was like, my three big misses were Airbnb, Dropbox. And I think there's one other one. I forgot what it was. He basically said, I didn't even think about the fact that I could angel invest. And when you're so focused on running your company, you're not quite there. And I think that the new generation of entrepreneurs do a lot more of it. That's why I also really love what Party Round is doing. Going back to those guys, they let you put like a 2K check into things. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think held you back from, from doing that, from doing the investments? I think so. I think it's, I think definitely that like people actually want really great angels on their cap table. And I think it's structured in a way that it didn't used to be. Right. And I think that like really great operators make really great angels. 
because if you like investors, if you look at what deal flow looks like, it all comes from other operators. It's not typically from other investors. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do at Vitalize. We have 1K minimum for every investor. And like, I know Gail at Vitalize talked about that too. Like she started doing like 5K checks, but then even now, like just throwing 1K into like basically all the companies we're, we're bringing into Vitalize Angels. And to your point, I think we do see a lot more entrepreneurs now investing in companies, which makes sense, especially in the digital age. A lot of them have a bigger profile, uh, just on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever it may be. They have a bigger profile on social, which then also gets people to know about them. And then you obviously can reach out to them. But I see that all the time where like you see these entrepreneurs investing into companies early. And I'm talking to Leo on the last podcast about, you know, does he mind if, you know, operators are also investing in a company? And he, he loves it. He thinks it's great because I get that feel for other, other businesses and kind of have a little view of other worlds that kind of align with what you're doing too. So I can see the benefit of it. I wonder if it's going to change where more people will continue to do that now. So from Future of Work specifically, I really like stuff that is like internal tooling. You know, I like things that help people kind of like makes their day easier at work. But I do think that a lot of remote stuff is going to be the focus, like stuff that actually, you know, where people really build out a hybrid remote workplace. And, you know, we all thought we were going to be back in the office in January. We're not going to be back in the office in January, if that makes sense. It's pretty clear what's going on in the world that it's things are going to be a little bit dicey for a little bit longer and people are just going to have to adjust. And like the new way of doing things, it's going to be a hybrid in-person um, and, you know, remote workplace, at least for like the next five years. Also, a bunch of people moved to like Bend, Oregon. Like, what do you, <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> completely. And so you've got that dynamic, but also there's like a bunch of like tax implications, things that you have to build around that. And so I think smaller companies are going to have to learn how to deal with that as well. And I think that's going to be really interesting from an infrastructure standpoint, companies that are building around those types of problems. Yeah. And I know you mentioned with the founder, being a founder was all consuming. It seemed like all the time and investors a little bit easier, but even talking to like Gail at Vitalize and our VCs, like their schedules are pretty, pretty crazy still in terms of how many pitches and everything. How do you manage your time now at Gradient Ventures? What does it look like? Oh, um, so I probably spent, you know, I would say that like part of my time is spent um, managing the team and, you know, that type of stuff and then like internal stuff. And then part of the time is obviously doing pitches. So I, you know, as a newer investor, I do look at a lot more deals because I kind of want to get that cadence and stuff. So I take a lot of intros. I'll look at a lot of things. I'll do a lot of outbound. I'll do, I get a lot of inbound as well. So I think all of those things, um, you know, are, are true. I would say that like over time, I'm probably going to become a lot more selective as I get better at what I do. Cause I've already like noticed some patterns and some cadences and things like that. And obviously like, for example, I still go through every company of every YC batch because I was a YC alum. And so I'm like incredibly loyal, <laughs> but I think at some point that's going to stop. Right. <laughs> Especially as the batches are like a thousand companies, like you're just not going to sleep. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, but their badges grow all the time. So it's like, how do you look through all those companies? It's it's kind of insane. But yeah, and even, even like now, it's like, how do you find that, how do you say differentiate, differentiated deal for like, how do you find where you're going to focus your time on in terms of companies that come in? Because to your point, like, you know, people can access a lot of VCs through Twitter or through cold email, whatever. There's a lot of ways that people are coming into your kind of your scope of what you're doing for investing. So how do you sift through them faster because we, we actually are hiring like i think we had a couple of deal associates we're hiring because we're just trying to get eyes on more companies because we have somebody that come in it's such a struggle 
Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. You have to kind of be intentional, right? So like you bucket them. You're basically like, hey, you know, these lead sources are really great. And then, you know, these lead sources are a little bit weaker and these, but sometimes you'll just find a great company in the ether, right? But like, (laughs) so never really know. Yeah. What are you most excited about in terms of startups, the VC world? You know, you've been in this VC side of things for like less than a year now. What are you most excited for? Um, I really like the democratization of investing. So one of the big things I really think is going to be a key theme in the world actually is actually um, kind of closing the income gap because I think COVID kind of widened it. And I think one of the reasons that crypto has gotten like really hot is because it's allowing people who had no access to these types of like, you know, investments to actually like make money, you know, in ways that like were not possible before. So, I mean, this is a terrible example, but like Dogecoin, you know, like really, (laughs) it's a coin of the people, you know, but like, I do think that like seeing people who are, you know, lower income, middle income and teaching them to invest and teaching them financial wellness, I'm pretty excited about that versus like having such a bifurcation. And then I'm, you know, excited about generally like any technologies that, you know, like help the world become like a slightly better place. With that too. So understand that that's what you're interested in. You're kind of curious about, excited about with democratization. What do you think needs to be built in that? Or what do you want to see? I know we're, you know, with what we're doing and trying to allow non-accredited investors to invest, that's huge. I think as that expands and the SEC kind of grows that, it'll open up to a lot more people with startups, which is obviously one asset class. But what else do you see or are you excited about in terms of what that looks like or what's being built there? I'll give you an example. I invested in a company called Aqua. Um, Aqua allows you to, as anybody to put 10 grand into a private equity fund. Private equity fund returns, top quartile private equity fund returns are a safer bet than many, many, many investments, right? I would say that like, I would rather do that than a public market investment. And I like that company because it actually exposes what only used to be available to the 1% to like everybody, right? And then they can sell it through like Charles Schwab and Vanguard and all those types of things. Another example would be, and I brought them up already, Mentum, like they allow, you know, people in Latin America to like have exposure to financial services, right? So they can open brokerage accounts. That wasn't possible before. So I think like those trends in general are things that I'm seeing heavily in the market and that I personally really like. Yeah. And I know we're almost out of time or so. When, when, what's the best place to uh, reach out to you, people to get connected with you if they want to? It would be my email address, wenwen at gradient.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on the show today. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to Vitalize.vc. You can also follow us on Twitter at VitalizeVC, or you can follow me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.